0: Chapter Eight of *The Rainbow and the Rose* by Inezbit. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Annalise Habotker. Chapter Eight. At the gate. The monastery towers, as pure and fair as virgin vows, reached up white hands to heaven. The walls. To guard the hidden heart of prayer were strong as sin and white as sin forgiven and there came holy men by the world's woe driven and all about the gold-green meadows lay flower-decked like children dear that keep may holiday here said the abbot let us spend our days days sweetened by the lilies of pure prayer Hung with white garlands of the rose of praise, and lest the world should enter with her snare, enter and laugh and take us unaware, with her red rose, her purple, and her gold, choose we a stranger's hand the porter's keys to hold. They chose a beggar from the world outside to keep their worldward door for them, and he, filled with the humble and adoring pride, built up a wall of proud humility between the monastery sanctity and the poor foolish humble folk who came to ask for love and care in the dear saviour's name for when the poor crept to the guarded gate to ask for succor when the tired asked rest when weary souls bereft and desolate craved comfort when the murmur of the oppressed surged round the grove where prayer had made its nest the porter bade such take their griefs away and at some other door their bane and burden lay for this he said is the white house of prayer where day and night the holy voices rise through the chill trouble of our earthly air and enter at the gate of paradise trample no more our flower-fields in such wise nor crave the alms of our deep-laden bough. The prayers of holy men are alms enough, I trow. So seeing that no sick or sorrowing folk came ever to be healed or comforted, the abbot to his brothers gladly spoke. God has accepted our poor prayers, he said. Over our land his answering smile is spread he has put forth his strong and loving hand and sorrow and sin and pain have ceased in all the land so make we yet more rich our hymns of praise warm we our prayers against our happy heart since god hath taken the gift of all our days to make a spell that bids all wrong depart has turned our praise to balm for the world smart fulfilled of prayer and praise be every hour for god transfigures praise and transmutes prayer to power so went the years the flowers blossomed now untrampled by the dusty weary feet unbroken hung the green and golden bough for none came now to ask for fruit or meat for ghostly food or common bread to eat and dreaming praying the monks were satisfied till god remembering him the beggar porter died when they had covered up the foolish head and on the foolish loving heart heaped clay which of us brothers now the abbot said will face the world to keep the world away but all their hearts were hard with prayer and nay they cried ah bid us not our prayers to leave ah father not to-day for this is easter eve and while they murmured to their midst there came a beggar saying brothers peace be still i am your brother in our father's name and i will be your porter if ye will Guarding your gate with what i have of skill so all they welcomed him and closed the door and got them gladly back unto their prayers once more but lo no sooner did the prayer arise a golden flame athwart the chancel dim then came the porter crying haste arise a sick old man waits you to tend on him and many wait a knight whose wound gapes grim a red-stained man with red sins to confess a mother pale who brings her child for you to bless the brothers hastened to the gate and there with unaccustomed hand and voice they tried to ease the body's pain the spirit's care but ere the task was done the porter cried behold the lord sets your gate open wide for here be starving folk who must be fed and little ones that cry for love and daily bread and with each slow foot hour came ever a throng of piteous wanderers sinful folk and sad and still the brothers ministered but long the day seemed with no prayer to make them glad no holy meditative joys they had no moment's brooding place could poor prayer find midst all those heart to heal and all those wounds to bind and when the crowded sunlit day at last left the field lonely with its trampled flowers into the chapel's peace the brothers passed to quell the memory of those hurrying hours our holy time they said once more is ours come let us pay our debt of prayer and praise forgetting in god's light the darkness of man's ways but ere their voices reached the first psalm's end they heard a new strange rustling round their house then came the porter here comes many a friend pushing aside your budding orchard boughs come brothers justify your holy vows here be god's patient poor four-footed things Seek healing at God's well, whence loving kindness brings. Then cried the abbot in a vexed amaze, "Our brethren we must aid if 'tis God's will, but the wild creatures of the forest ways Himself God heals with His almighty skill, and charity is good and love. But still, God shall not look in vain for the white prayers we send on silver feet to climb the starry stairs." for of all worthy things prayer has most worth it rises like sweet incense up to heaven and from god's hand falls back upon the earth being of heavenly bread the accepted leaven through prayer is virtue saved and sin forgiven in prayer the impulse and the force are found that bring in purple and gold the fruitful seasons round For prayer comes down from heaven in the sun, that giveth life and joy to all things made. Prayer falls in rain to make broad rivers run, and quickens the seeds in earth's brown bosom laid. By prayer the red hung branch is earthward weighed. By prayer the barn grows full, and full the fold, for by man's prayer God works his wonders manifold. The porter seemed to bow to the reproof but when the echo of the night's last prayer died in the mystery of the vaulted roof a whispered memory in the hallowed air the abbot turned to find him standing there brother he said i have healed the woodland things and they go happy and whole blessing love's ministerings and having healed them i shall crave your leave to leave you for to-night i journey far But I have kept your gate this Easter Eve, and now your house to heaven shines like a star to show the angels where God's children are. And in this day, your house has served God more than in the praise and prayer of all its years before. Yet I must leave you, though I fain would stay, for there are other gates I go to keep, of houses round whose walls. Long day by day, shut out of hope and love, poor sinners weep. Barred folds that keep out God's poor wandering sheep. I must teach these that gates, where God comes in, must not be shut at all to pain or want or sin. The voice of prayer is very soft and weak, and sorrow and sin have voices very strong. Prayer is not heard in heaven when those twain speak. The voice of prayer faints in the voice of wrong by the just man endured. O Lord, how long? If ye would have your prayers in heaven be heard, look that wrong clamor not with too intense a word. But when true love is shed on wanton sin, their cry is changed and grows to such a voice As clamors sweetly at heaven to be let in. Such sound as makes the saints in heaven rejoice. Pure gold of prayer, purged of the vain alloys of idleness. That is the sound most dear. Of all the earthly sounds, God leans from heaven to hear. O brother, I must leave thee, and for me, The work is heavy and the burden great thine be this charge i lay upon thee see that never again stands barred thy abbey gate look that god's poor be not left desolate ah me that chidden my shepherds needs must be when my poor wandering sheep have so great need of me brother forgive thy brother if he chide thy brother loves thee and has loved for see The nails are in my hands, and in my side the spear wound, and the thorns weigh heavily upon my brow. Brother, I died for thee, for thee, and for my sheep that are astray, and rose to live for thee and them on Easter Day. My master and my lord, the abbot cried. But where that face had been shone the new day, only on the marble by the abbot's side. those dear feet had stood a lily lay a lily white for the white easter day he sought the gate no sorrow clambered there and not till then he dared to sink his soul in prayer and from that day himself he kept the gate wide open and the poor from far and wide the weary and wicked and disconsolate came there for succour and were not denied the sick were healed the repentant sanctified and from their hearts rises more prayer and praise than ever the abbey knew in all its prayer-filled days and there the heavenly vision comes no more only each easter now a lily sweet lies wet and dewy on the chancel floor where once had stood the beloved wounded feet and the old abbot feels the nearing beat of wings that bring him leave at last to go and meet his master where the immortal lilies grow. Via Amoris, One It is not love, this beautiful unrest, this tremor of longing that invades my breast, for love is in his grave this many a year. He will not rise. I do not wish him here. It is not memory, for your face and eyes are not reflected where that dark pool lies. It is not hope, for life makes no amends, and hope and I are long no longer friends. It is a ghost out of another spring. It needs but little for its comforting that I should hold your hand and see your face amuse a little in this quiet place where through the silence i can hear you sigh and feel you sadden O virgin mystery and know my thought has in your thought begot sadness its child and that you know it not two if this were love if all this bitter pain were but the birth pang of love born again IF THROUGH THE DOUBTS AND DREAMS RESOLVED, SMILED, THE PROPHETIC PROMISE OF THE HOLY CHILD, WHAT SHOULD I GAIN? THE LOVE WHOSE DREAM LIPS SMILED, COULD NEVER BE MY OWN AND ONLY CHILD, BUT TO LOVE'S BIRTH WOULD COME WITH THE LAST PAIN, RENUNCIATION, ALSO BORN AGAIN. 3. IF THIS WERE LOVE, WHY SHOULD I TURN AWAY? am i not too made of the common clay is life so fair am i so fortunate i can refuse the capricious gift of fate the sudden glory the unhoped-for flowers the transfiguration of my earthly hours come love the house is garnished and is swept washed clean with all the tears that i have wept washed from the stain of my unworthy fears, hung with the splendid spoils of wasted years, lighted with lamps of hope and curtained fast against the gathered darkness of the past. I draw the bolts. I throw the portals wide. The darkness rushes, shivering to my side. Love is not here. The darkness creeps about. My house wherein the lamps of hope die out ah love it was not then your hand that came beating my door your voice that called my name four it is not love it is not love i said and bowed in fearful hope my trembling head it is not love for love could never rise out of the rock-hewn grave wherein he lies But as I spake, the heavenly form drew near, Where close I clasped a hope-grown keen as fear. Upon my head, his very hand he laid, And whispered, It is I, be not afraid. 5. And this is love. No rose-crowned laughing guest By whom my passionate heart should be caressed, but one re-risen from the grave austere cold as the grave and infinitely dear to follow whom i lay the whole world down take up the cross bind on the thorny crown and following whom my bleeding pilgrim feet find the rough pathway sure and very sweet the august environment of mighty wings shuts out the snare of vain imaginings, for by my side, crowned with love's death-white rose, the angel of renunciation goes. Retro Sathanas Refuse, refrain, for this is not the love the Annunciation Angel warned you of, this is the little candle. Not the sun, it burns, but will not warm, unhappy one. But ah, suppose the sun should never shine, then what an anguish of regret were mine to know that even from this I turned away. Candles may serve, if there should be no day. Nay, better to go cold your whole life long than do the sun, than do your soul such wrong and if the sun shine not be life's the blame and yours the pride who scorn the meaner flame the old dispensation o thou who high in heaven to man hast given this clouded earthly life all storm and strife blasted with ice and fire love and desire filled with dead faith and love that change is master of o thou who mightest have given to all thy heaven but who instead didst give this life we live who feedest with blood and tears the hungry years i make one prayer to thee o great god grant it me some day when summer shows her leaf her rose god let thy sinner lie under thy sky and feel thy son's large grace upon his face then grant him this that he may not believe in thee the new dispensation out in the sun the buttercups are gold the daisies silver all the grassy lane and spring has given love a flower to hold and love lays blindness on the eyes of pain Within are still, chill aisles, emblazoned panes, and carven tombs where memory weeps no more, and from the lost and holy days remains one saint beside the long closed western door. Outside the world goes laughing lest it weep, with here and there some happy child at play, a mother worshipping the babe asleep or two young lovers dreaming neath the may. Within the soul of love broods o'er the place, the carven saint, forgotten many a year, still lifts to heaven his rapt adoring face, to pray for those who leave him lonely here. That once again the silent church may ring, with songs of joy triumphant over pain. Ah, God, who makest the miracle of spring, make thou dead faith and love to rise again the three kings when the star in the east was lit to shine the three kings journeyed to palestine they came from the uttermost parts of earth with long trains laden with gifts of worth the first king rode on a camel's back he came from the land where the kings are black Bringing treasures desired of kings, rubies and ivory and precious things. An elephant carried the second king. He came from the land of the sun rising, and gems and gold and spices he bare with broidered raiment for kings to wear. The third king came without steed or train from the misty land where the white kings reign. He bore no gifts save the myrrh in his hand for he came on foot from a far-off land now when they had travelled and many days through tangled forests and desert ways by angry seas and by paths thorn set on christmas vigil the three kings met and over their meeting a shrouded sky made dark the star they had travelled by then the first king spake and he frowned and said By some ill spell have our feet been led. Now I see in the darkness the fools we are to follow the light of a lying star. Let us fool no more, but like kings and men, each get him home to his land again. Then the second king, with a weary face, gold tinked as the sun of his reigning place, lifted sad eyes to the clouds and said, It was but a dream, and the dream is sped we dreamed of a star that rose new and fair but it sets in the night of the old despair yet night is faithful though stars betray it will lead to our kingdoms far away then spake the king who had fared alone from the far-off kingdom the white-hung throne o brothers brothers so very far ye have followed the light of the radiant star and because for a while ye see it not shall its faithful shining be all forgot on the spirit's pathway the light still lies though the star be hid from our longing eyes tomorrow our star will be bright once more the little pinhole in heaven's floor the angels pricked it to let it bring our feet to the throne of the new-born king and the first king heard and the second heard and their hearts grew humble before the third and they laid them down beside bale and beast and their sleeping eyes saw light in the east for the angels fanned them with starry wings and the waft of visions of unseen things and the next gold day waned trembling and white and the star was born of the waxing night and the three kings came where the great king lay a little baby Among the hay, the ox and the ass were standing near, and Mary Mother beside her dear. Then, lo in the litter, the kings bowed down. They gave him gold for a kingly crown, and frankincense for a great god's breath, and myrrh to sweeten the day of death. The maiden mother, she stood and smiled, and she took from the manger her little child on the dark king's head she laid his hand and anger died at that dear command she laid his hand on the gold king's head and despair itself was comforted but when the pale king knelt in the stall she heard on the straw his tears downfall and she stooped where he knelt beside her feet and laid on his bosom her baby sweet and the king in the holy stable-place felt the little lips through the tears on his face christ lay thy hand on the angry king who reigns in my breast to my undoing and lay thy hands on the king who lays the spell of sadness on all my days and give the white king my soul thy soul of these other kings the high control That soul and spirit and sense may meet in adoration before thy feet. Now, glory to God, the Father most high, and the star, the Spirit, he leads us by, and to God's dear Son, the babe who was born and laid in the manger on Christmas morn. End of chapter 8. Recording by Annalisa Bodker.